We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to Pod Mavericks Mavs Party. My name is Kirk Henderson. I'm editor-in-chief over at MavsMoneyBall.com. If you are joining me live directly from the other live show, I very much appreciate it. Josh and I just finished up recording. Thank you to some of our commenters who stuck around afterward to give me some thoughts about how I can better run both that show and this show to the extent to where maybe I'll be starting to do just obscenely long live shows and we'll cut up the audio later. Uh, it's inside baseball, but I spend a fair amount of my time trying to figure out the best way to minimize the effort and maximize the work because otherwise um, I, I, I just got to fit a lot in in a given day. But the Dallas Mavericks just played what I sort of feel like might be the defining win to this point in the year. They were uh, shorthanded. And they came out and beat a Los Angeles Lakers team that was riding quite the high. So I'd like to talk about uh, what you guys would like to talk about. So if you have the ability to join the stream, go ahead and click that link. It's that StreamYard link that's pinned to the top of the comments. If you're listening on the audio version, some point Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday, you can come join this show too. We do it on YouTube. I know the barrier for entry is a little higher than the old um, Spotify green room, Spotify live stuff, but I promise it's easy. You can do it from your phone. We've had some people join while they're out driving. It's always hilarious. Um, we have a good time talking basketball as like, uh, you know, I've, I have a good friend of mine who, uh, talks about his personal touch grass movement, which is talking to people, uh, not spending time yelling at one another on the internet, meaning Twitter and Reddit and Facebook, where you don't actually have like actual human interactions. Um, when we lose, sometimes these can be more fun because we're all just like getting our, our takes off, but a win like tonight deserves to be celebrated by actual human beings. So let's go first to my man, Chris Haley, uh, who might've been at the game. You never know with this guy. He travels like four hours to go to these games. <laughs> What's up, buddy? I like that hey, shirt. Thank you much. Um, oh, thanks. Appreciate that. My wife was like, I, I wish you would have got me one of these uh, 
I, I, I wonder, I think my wife, I don't know this, but I think my wife for Christmas might've gotten me one of the gray pullovers that they wear on the bench. So yeah. I can look, I can look like a fucking Mavericks coach when I do these, do these podcasts. <laughs> so yeah. We'll see. We'll but see. I did go to, um, two maps games actually a week and a half ago. It wasn't planned. I like, we went to the Grizzlies game first. Mm. That's what was out. One of the worst games in history. I'm yeah, sorry. Desmond Bain. I'm glad we beat them. Uh, I guess last night, right? Yeah. So we wake up the next day. I'm like, ooh, there's a Stars game at 1 p.m. Hmm. Sun's never been to one, so I took him to the Stars game, and then I'm looking at him like, I already knew that the Mavs were playing later that day, and then it showed that Luca was playing. I'm like, okay, we're already here, man. It's like, let's just go. So we went to like, yeah, two Mavs games and a Stars game. So that was my first, uh, my son's first Stars game. So that was nice. Outstanding. Live hockey is a is yeah. is fantastic. Like, yeah. there's just yeah. But this game uh, tonight, I. I wouldn't say I was surprised, but dang, man. I mean, without Kyrie, too, Luca can, you know, play uh, – getting double teamed all the time. He just it, – it's just casual to him. I mean, he, he can just break it. Man. And, uh, you know, Tim Hardaway Jr., I'm just waiting for him to fall off that cliff, man. Like, with his production, he just – he just keeps playing good. So – but honestly, I still want them to tra- trade him, like, while his stock is high because we're all waiting for him to kind of, like – Go back so, to where he was last year. So I, you, I you, what do you think about that? I mean, you, I know you were, I know you were in the last show. Did you hear my sort of opinion that his ability to take what look, what end up being pretty okay shots in terms of bailout shots and bad Mavericks possessions? You know, where Luca will find him with six to eight seconds left after a, you know, kind of a meandering possession where Luca's not able to do anything and Tim just sort of willingly takes bad shots uh and they go down for him because he's such a confident shooter and I think and he takes those, those, I call it impulsive shots it's just yeah. like you he's just dribbling you know he's gonna take the shot he's just he's got that green light and that's that's great no I mean if, if he's hitting them and he's, who, he's hitting them this year who but but the question becomes is if you move Hardaway who becomes that green light specialist because you got to have that guy in this that's offense true. I'm convinced Seth Curry, because, I mean, they both can't play defense anyway. Curry's so dang short, though, and I feel like yeah. he has to work a lot harder to get his shot off. But if you could say that a quarter into the season that we would be a half game behind the second place, we would be – well, I think we're half a game above the Nuggets, the defending champions. Didn't see Minnesota, you know, being this good to be in the first spot. But, you know, It's a long season, but, dang, I'll take it, and especially with having several games with Kyrie being out. Yeah. Thank God it's just a bone bruise. I mean, I don't really know how long. I think I might have had an injury like that before. I mean, you think maybe two weeks at the most? I have no idea. And what I am more content with, with wins like tonight, buys buys you cushion. So, I mean, I don't want to rush him back. We think that, okay, it's a scheduled loss, but then Luca ends up playing out of his mind. He's he's playing consistently good. Thank God we have Derek Lively. Oh, yes. so glad we convey we didn't convey that pick to the Knicks. I mean, last year was just it, it, it was just uh, it was bad. I mean, we all know this. It was it's just a, it was torturing all year long. But if we got Derek Lively out of it, I who knows? Maybe he's the piece. So I mean, I honestly think we could win a championship this year. We just got to do something at the trade deadline and get a get a backup center. We can't rely. Uh, I'm just I'm glad they didn't play, play Dwight Powell tonight. I'm just I'm. I'm just, I just, I just don't see why he's out there anymore at all. And I'm not 
gonna blame the whole Kyrie thing and fall, that was an accident. But I'm still. okay with it. Like like a, a Dwight Powell in case of emergencies only situation or against certain matchups, I think it's fine. The Lakers are not a good matchup for him. But mm-hmm. I, that the really bigger teams, Dwight Powell, everybody goes through him like tissue paper. I think yeah. you can. I think you can steal minutes for him at certain matchups, but not tonight. It's just the volleyball slap thing he does, and just the getting hit all the time in the face. Just not. He's just not. A, I mean, he's athletic, but he's just not big. I guess we I mean, got a, we got this is random as shit, but we got a little boy. My my son's in second grade, and I, I help coach y, his YMCA team. We got this little boy who's playing basketball for the first time, and I always have to tell him like, number one, be a goldfish. Don't worry about your mistakes; it's fine. And I said, number two, go try to rebound. So this week's the first game, and by trying to go in and rebound, he did the Dwight Powell thing where he just like flies recklessly into traffic, slamming into other children, and it absolutely killed me. You know, right, I, I had a player like that too. I'm actually uh, my my son's starting his sixth season at the Y, and we. Started I had to tell the boy. Time. I had to tell yeah. the boy. I was like, I appreciate your effort. Please don't hurt anyone. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He won the four, we won the fourth grade championship last year, but we're going in the club club league a little little bit better sure. oh, league yeah. uh, this time around and get get some better competition. But you know, I, with the Mavs and all, I I couldn't be happier with what's going on right now. And then that's not even counting Kyrie's going to come back. There might be another. There might be a trade coming down the line where we can. I, I like what Nico's doing, and actually, I, talk, I talked to Nico and Michael Finley briefly at the game. Uh, it was the Thunder game on that Sunday. Awesome. They were only a few rows ahead of me, and I, I wanted to meet Michael Finley because yeah. I've been a Mavs fan since two thousand. Finley Finley is an all time Mavs. Yeah, I told fan. him I was yeah. like, I've been a Mavs fan since two thousand. You know, I respect you. I like you're one of my favorite all time players. I shook his hand, and I saw Nico sit right next to me, like, "Hey, good job this summer." With Derek, getting Derek Lively and all the, the player movements, so it's kind of cool just chatting a little bit with them. But youth uh, in the chat, do me a favor while we're in this. If you're under the age of like 25, go pull up Michael Michael Finley's basketball reference page. Look at his 1998 to 2004 games played and minutes per game. It will make your brain explode. One year he played 83 regular season games. How? He got traded and played an extra one. That's uh, Finley is is a, is a is a psychopath. I love him to pieces. He's my favorite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it was the tail end of that two thousand. It was a ninety nine to two thousand season where I think that they uh, they got really hot, but they still ended up missing the playoffs. But that was the start of something where the two thousand to two thousand one season they were they were good, right? And then yep. 01, 02 got really good. So. Well, man, thank you for, for for getting us started. And I got a bunch of people waiting. So, do you got any other takes we oh, want no, to get no, to? Yeah, yeah. Let's let's just keep keep up the win streak here. So, thank you so so much. All right, yeah, all agree. right. Um, man, I almost removed myself from my own podcast. That's how bad I am at this sometimes. Um, all right. So, I want to show you guys something. Then we're going to bring up Connor. We're going to bring uh, who who's next here on the mic. But I want to show you guys that we're just going to watch this angle of the Luka Doncic pass, which you guys have probably all seen already. But because I kind of hop right into this, I uh, I miss some stuff sometimes. So let's take a look here. We got this this Luka Doncic pass. We're going to make the screen big enough. It's only eight seconds. Hopefully, I won't get uh, in trouble for this. But watch this thing, guys. Look at this pass here. <laughs> I mean, wow. <laughs> Sorry. It's the pass from Luca uh, where he goes around Jackson Hayes, past Marie Hachimura, into uh, Dante Exum at the top of the key. It's one of the craziest things I've ever seen. Uh, thank God he hit that shot. All right. Coming up next is Connor. Welcome to the show, Connor. What's going on tonight? What's going on, Kirk? First time, long time. Yes, I love first time callers. Guys, while we're speaking of this, if I don't recognize you down below, I'm going to bring you up first. Uh, so that that's the rule on the show. We have a lot of regulars, but I want as many people in here who want to talk hoops. 
Uh, that pass had me yelling so loud I woke both my dogs up. So that was awesome. And my wife thought I like hurt. I, I absolutely woke up the baby and my wife was displeased. Yeah, I believe that. I got three things tonight. I wrote them down so I wouldn't forget them. But absolutely. Uh, one, the team defense looks pretty great down the stretch when it has to. Um, tonight, I thought Derek Lively looked great. Uh, Dante Exum looked great on ball defense. Uh, Grant looked I was very happy to have Grant Williams back. Um, he looked good as well. Um, and then you have Luca will hit the ball away maybe once or twice. And then Tim is watching. But when it had to be, it was good tonight. Sorry, my dog was barking in the background. Good. That that part is is when you have to be good and then you show up anyway, is such an underrated part of of when you're on a good basketball team. I I, lo- I loved it. it. I was so prepared, mentally prepared for a loss. Number one, because the Lakers have just hurt me so many times. And number two, like the second night of a back-to-back, like you traveled home. This was that tough. Te- this is- the technical foul, then the kicked ball. I, those weren't back-to-back, but the technical foul and then a kicked ball later. I was preparing for a loss as well. Yeah. Uh, I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Now, what's the next thing? Uh, I don't know what Jaden Hardy does here anymore. Not really sure what his role is. I have a this one's hard because I thought with Josh out, and I think he's getting the opportunities because Josh is out, we would see some clarifying moments. And he had a really good game last night. Yeah, agreed. Memphis- agreed. I thought he might have another good game tonight. Uh, but I've I found myself saying the thing I've said several times this year, which is just I'm I think I'm done. I don't need more Jaden Hardy. I think he's just I'm not good. big enough. Like he there was the run at the end of the third quarter where he basically was he took three straight he took three shots and he missed all three of them, and he wasn't alone in being bad. So it's not I'm not crushing. No him. no 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 no. I, he I was kind of the he's the person who you look at in that matchup because he took two elbow jumpers that were frankly bad shots, but. Number one, it's not like he could do anything else because Anthony Davis sort of blots out the sun. And and number two, he doesn't really have the quickness to get anywhere else. So if his jumper isn't falling, he he's just not that helpful. He's that just a se- body. Yeah. It, like if he catches, like they have to stop letting him play make. If he gets the ability to catch and shoot, if he gets the ability to cut and then like, you know, make a dribble move off the off the bounce when it's already in motion, I think he's a lot more functional. But this crap where they let him, you know, razzle dazzle, it doesn't do anything. It, it, it's painful to watch for me. Yeah. And with Tim back, I think they kind of overlap in terms of what you want him to do. You want him to be shooting more than you want him to be dribbling and trying to get past guys. And with Tim back and Tim shooting really well tonight, I it you just kind of go, I don't, I don't know, man. I don't know yeah. what you do here. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, uh, it's just cool and fun to watch the Mavs play meaningful basketball against a good team mm. uh, and win. So it's a great take. That's all. It was just Honor. It was fun. Hope you come back. Thanks for yeah, joining us. Of course. Thanks for having me. All right. Coming up next, we have Brandon and his fantastic beard. Uh, I'm trying to grow mine out like his, but I don't think I can get quite the lushness. Brandon, what's up? You're on mute. You got to unmute yourself, dude. There we go. He sees it. Now, see, it's a, the mute icon on your name. So click it in the in the box. You might be able to unmute it. I'll bring Brandon back up here in just a second. We're going to go to Micah next. Or is that? Oh, there we are. 
Yeah, you're back. Brandon. Oh, I'm sorry oh. about that. That's okay. Can you hear me now, Kurt? Yeah, no, we used to have snafus like this all the time in Spotify Green Room. Are you kidding? This is fine. Yeah. Hey, did you see the uh the jersey that the Cuban had on this tonight? Yes, I my wife specifically asked if I could email him and ask him not to wear it again. <laughs> I liked it, man. I, I was like, man, I gotta get one. That was nice. You liked it? That, that that that's like I think that's like an age thing where us us older dudes are like, you know, I kind of like the football jersey, and then the like, it, it's a taste thing. But the as long you know, if the Mavericks keep winning, I don't get he can wear that every game. Yeah, I was thinking about the eighty, and then I figured out this this kind of when they got when they started. So I was like, I wonder why he got on eighty. But uh, man, Michael Finley, if you remember back in Phoenix, he would dunk on everybody. And he was actually in the dunk contest when he was younger. So yeah. he's one of those that – cartwheel the- dunk contest. Oh, say it again? The cartwheel, where he did he did the cartwheel right before Vince Carter did the most amazing dunk in history. Right before that. He's one – and look, they had – the Dallas had both of those. So those are the few guys in the dunk contest that ended up being good players and good dunkers. So that's, that's kind of rare. Yeah. But – you know what? I was thinking about Hardy and, you know, with the Mavs talent, I think he could play himself out of the rotation, but I don't think he could play himself out of the lineup because Dallas is often, you know, injury prone, uh, injury prone team. And sometimes I think they have to mix it up a lot because they get run off the court by so many bad teams and good teams that I think that he would eventually find himself back in the lineup. But I think so too. I think he's young enough and, and, yeah. I just like I want them to stop. They're giving him circumstances and situations to where you can see if he can if he's developing and learning. And I just haven't seen enough to keep giving him this playmaking opportunity. Like let the guy catch and shoot. Let the guy catch and drive. Stop making him the de facto point guard. It's not good. It seemed like and I could be wrong, but it seemed like, you know, when Devin was younger, he was a terrible jump shooter and it took him a while to kind of develop that. I mean, some people you got to, I don't know, even Brunson, you think about it, Brunson wasn't a great three-point shooter. No. It took, it took time for you. Hardy's shot is pretty, though. I like Hardy's shot. I don't like Hardy's passing because he's not precise. He doesn't always put it in the right places for guys. I think he sees the floor well enough, but if it ends up in an elbow jumper, it's not a, it's not a shot I really care for for this Mavericks offense. It's it, When it goes down, it looks great, and we're super excited about it. But against like the Lakers tonight – he was negative 13 in 25 minutes and and he, it's not his fault alone, but if he's going to be out there to make shots and he's not making shots, then there's no point. It just seems like, you know, his ceiling, the way it looks now, I don't know, but it seems like his ceiling is just like an off guard. That's going to compliment a, you know, come in and, and do some cleanup minutes and, and compliment a pretty good guard that mm-hmm. you know can score. So, I mean, can pass, but you know, and, and just like I was looking at the roster and, Right now, I feel like trading would be more of a disservice than an actual benefit because the trading guys on their upside without knowing how far Dallas can push it, you know, this season could actually do more harm than good because, I mean, even though it's early in the season, Dallas is seeing what they have. And keeping these guys around throughout the year could, you know, make it more uh, beneficial in the future. Like if somebody wanted to trade it and get one of the guys, as opposed to trying to highlight everybody by the end of, you know, 
the trade deadline and, you know, dumping what we can for the constant desire. The constant desire to play fantasy GM is really irresistible for a lot of folks. But I mean, what are the Mavericks won 15 games out of their first 22? Or what are they? Are they 15 and eight or, or 14 and eight? I don't know. They're fantastic, is what they are. Right, right. So I don't, I don't want to mess with that right now. Like you, trades come out of necessity, and you know, you, right now, when if you were to talk about any sort of trade, I think you, what do you, what you give up is just as is important to this team as what you might gain. It's like we're third in the West. I'm sorry, my dogs are killing me tonight. I don't know what is happening in this house. Sorry. Yeah, we're, we're third in the West, and plus we're doing it with a with a bunch of young guys. Something we haven't done before. And we're doing it while people are healthy. I mean, sorry, while people are kind of injured, injured right now. So being able to see what a healthy Mavs team will look like after everybody's kind of found their groove would, I think it would be more beneficial than it would, you know, getting everybody together to kind of highlight specific players at that time. You know what I mean? But like Exxon, for example, if they wanted to trade him, I wouldn't find a reason for them to do it this season if he's, you know, kind of developing and getting better, um, especially if they kind of push it through the playoffs, you know, I wouldn't see a reason for them to try to trade because who knows what potentials out there? Because a lot of these teams is like Minnesota, they're good, but who knows when one of the big guys are going to get hurt. Sure. Well, I mean, the same goes for us. I mean, that's what makes this win tonight so impressive because you assume if Kyrie gets hurt, the Maverick season goes down the, the gutter. I mean, that's just a fair assessment. And if Kyrie's out for as long as some of us are sort of fearful about, how long can the Mavericks hold off? But that's and, why stacking wins matters. I'm yeah. so it, I, I just I'm elated about where they are right now because even if they get the crap kicked out of them on Thursday, I'll probably come in here pissy. But that's just because get the game to game stuff. Big picture wise, I, I love this season. I'm having a great time. And you know what, what's crazy is this is the first time in a while that I can really say that the Mavs was like next man up and people actually stepped up to the job. Bingo! What a good take. It has been a while. Like. <sighs> Years, I feel like. Years, yeah, that's crazy. Years, and I mean, not only just stepped up, but they're actually making plays. Like, Exum is holding his own, and you know, Lively's holding his own, and the role players actually going out there and they're doing a little bit, you know, without doing any type of harm. So people are stepping up, and you know, you the elephant one bite at a time, and you know, they're finally mm. getting to that that point. So, I mean, I feel like that's a, if anything, that's a win. You know, for either the coaches or the players or however they got there, um, they're not having to, you know, press the emergency button and try to find, you know, people to try to, you know, fill spots that they can't do. That's right. That's right. Well, thank you so much, my man. Appreciate you joining as always. Thank you, Kirk. All right. Coming up next, we're going to bring up, uh, we got, we have Sonic, Sonic hanging out down there. Um, I'll bring up here in a second. Yeah, so I got some advice kind of in the the, the last show, which is basically if we want to do live shows like this, I should consider. Woo, hey, buddy, what's up? Sorry, baby dogs. This is life for you. Um, I should consider basically running super long shows because we had like 350 people in the other one. And if there's something about the way the algorithm works where it's like if I did two live streams pretty much back to back, they kind of eat each other, which makes some sense. So I'll, that may be what I'm doing where I'll just kind of be pivoting and then I'll post one show up. Sonic, welcome to the show. Hey, hi, Kirk. How are you doing today? I'm great. What's going on tonight? What are you thinking? Loving this game. Loving this win. Always love against the Lakers because, you know, the Lakers, along with the Yankees, were always the team that mm. you know, stopped us from going anywhere. So 
doesn't matter, you know, what happens. Uh, that's always fun. But I do. So the one thought I had, especially looking at the record, the record is crazy. This time last year and, and all the criticism that we heard uh, going into this season was just how terrible and how much everyone wanted to tr- like get Jason Kidd out of here. But like, I mean, that's happened it, this it, year. Like I I <laughs> get my mouth shut cuz I just I don't really want to well, talk about him but it's it's sure. people get very frustrated <laughs> with coaching very quickly these days. So the only reason I bring it up is because everybody the, the narrative is always, you know, year 1 Jason Kidd great, year 2 Jason Kidd terrible. We've never seen year 3 Jason Kidd. What's that actually look like? This looks amazing. And and you know, just want to give him some laurels if if you're going to criticize him when they're doing terrible and say, "Hey, that's a trend. Year 2 is awful." Well, what if this is what year three would have looked like? You know, every yeah, well, I, th- I think there's something to that. I also think there was a ch- there's a take earlier uh, in the previous show. I think somebody said something along the lines of like the Mavericks are so injured that he doesn't have options. Yeah, and he just he kind of has to make these choices. And with a guy like Exum but, in particular, it's paying off. That's true. That is absolutely true. But like they're good choices. I haven't heard a whole lot of complaints about like poor choices. I always if Jason Kidd's been brought up. With any commentator anywhere, I've heard it's good in the rotations, good in timeouts, good in like he's just not making bad choices. I really like Nick Nick, Nick Angstead's take on this that coaching just in general, like you have like maybe five to three coaches that actually can affect a game, and you have a couple like five to seven coaches that can actively hurt games, and every other coach is just like they're there and they don't really have any discernible impacts. In fact, there's some articles I've found that basically make some good arguments that out of timeout plays make no discernible difference on win percentage or, you know, like in the, in the, in the big aggregate. So I'm like, Jason Kidd's just one of those guys, you know, he's not, not hurting us, not anyway, but that's neither here nor there. I think this was amazing. I'm loving the, just the start of the season. This has just been great. It is. It is nice. And, you know, just stacking a win when the team is this hurt, is going to stick with me for a while. And I, that's why for me, I think yeah. this is like yeah. the game of the year. Um, yeah. They need a lot of things to go right. I mean, Josh Bow pointed out they hit 21 of 43 threes. Like that's hard. Mm-hmm. To I mean, the Mavericks have run up against that, but I would rather be lucky than good. I don't really, yeah. <laughs> you know, and, and that's, that's just that it's, I'm for it. I'm really, I'm really Absolutely. delighted. So let me, let me ask you this. I mean, you brought up a good point that Tim Hardaway Jr. The whole idea of trading him, we're getting to a point now where it's like if you, if you do that, like how do you replace what he loses? Um, if if you don't think that with with some minor trades or no trades, you could actually win everything, actually win a championship, um, and you do trade them, wouldn't this be a good pivot point for future seasons to exchange his amazing scoring with the identity that they're trying to form and exchanging that that scoring for defense? Even if you get a worse score, filling that role with the, the kind of defender that you need to make up that scoring that he's giving you right now. Defense is very difficult for me because while it's what I actually understand about basketball more, at the NBA level, how that sort of connectivity of defense impacts everything else. Like I often kind of I hearken back to the two wing combo in the 21, 22 playoffs where mm-hmm. the Mavericks made it the Western Conference finals. 
like revisionist history from some fans is like Reggie Bullock wasn't that good. Reggie Bullock ruled for yeah, about a, three solid months. Yeah. And so it's him and Dorian connecting at the right time made Dwight Powell playable. Right. Like it's just, so it's like, what does one good defender do to a lineup? And I, I, I would be, I can see why that's interesting to people. I'm very reluctant on that because if you're going to be right about this, you need to be like, like very, very right. sure. And that that's where the sure. risk comes for me. Does that make sense? It does. But if you're doing like a risk reward kind of comparison, like if you keep them and, and you're still not assuming that this is a championship year, how is, how is he going to help you get to that championship in sure. two, three years? Right. Are you, yeah, or is, no, that's fair. So that it, it, and that's kind of the the preaching point has been we need a wing we need we need that size and yep. we need defense more than the scoring the scoring is kind of there and I, I know we're kind of poo pooing on on Jaden Hardy right now but I mean honestly isn't that kind of the space that Jaden Hardy needs he needs sure. to that time and he he's raw he's not doing super great now but maybe it's just he needs the room to grow and Tim's taking it up in a way that is helping us win right now. But if we could exchange that for a really good wing defender, uh, someone that has more size, like just let's just say, like just straight up trade. If we just swapped Tim Hardaway for Dorian Finney Smith, or don't have really good ideas of like where in that mid range would like sure. defenders we could do. Um, but what in the long term, how would that help? Would, would that be a better? Would that be a better move to help us to a championship versus keeping Tim? If it's a guy that you can keep longer, I think that's an inch. That's something you have to stare at really hard because yeah. you're right. Tim Hardaway's older. Um, but yeah, that, that's a, that's a really interesting hypothetical. I'll have to think on that one. Okay. Well, that's all. I didn't really have any other major thoughts. Great win. Thank you so much for joining. Appreciate you. I hope you come back. Yeah. All right. Talk soon. All right. Coming up next, I see another new face in the chat down there below. We're going to go to Mr. Green. Um, and I hope my regulars will forgive me uh, for, for letting folks jump the line. But I want people to come back to this. This, you know, this is fun whenever we, we talk basketball. Mr. Green, how are we doing? I'm good, Kirk. Welcome. All right? Another Australian guest two nights in a row. Or I'm um, sorry. I'm assuming you're in Australia. Where? <laughs> I was feeling feeling like I was letting the team down, mate. So I thought I'd better get my shit together and get on here. Well, I appreciate my, uh, you. Thanks for my joining. First YouTube. It's quite a few times and uh, expressed my disgust after a few losses, which I know you love. You love that. Love. That I do. Content. I do. That's the whole point because. One of the things that I've, you know, I've lived on the internet for a significant portion of my adult life, which is a weird thing to say, but people get so nasty when they're not talking to another person. And it's like, it's just basketball. Like, like, like let's get our feelings out without like, like taking it out on another human being. So, all right, what's going on? What are you thinking? Well, mate, look, um, I've got to stick up for me, man, Dante. Um, I made some pretty bold calls before the Olympics to say that, you know, there's a very good chance he's going to outplay Josh. A lot of people who obviously haven't watched Dante play in the Australian team, you know, and you, you've said it a few times, Kirk, he does control the ball when he's on the court. Um, I can't believe the Mavs are rolling with it. I can't believe they're letting him have the ball. Mate, he's not making a lot of mistakes. Um, the last three games have been ridiculous. You know, his impact is is huge. But I'll tell you what I said yesterday. He's given me a lot of Dinwiddie vibes. He's the poor man's Dinwiddie. You know, Dinwiddie was on a, what, $24, $22 million contract? 
We got Dante for peanuts. He's doing a lot of the same stuff that Dimwitty was doing, except I think he's, uh, how would you put it? He's not looking to score as much, and he really puts his focus on the point of attack defense. And, man, we have been missing that since I've been watching. Since I've been watching the Mavs, Luca's second season, um, he's bringing a lot to the table, man. And his shooting tonight was fucking ridiculous. Absolutely mm. ridiculous. Awesome. The, sh- the shooting is is almost its own conversation, but I loved what you had to say about the point of attack defense. I don't remember this many Maverick strips and fast break layups in a, in a three-game stretch in my entire life. And no. it was Exum just sort of like picking pockets. Like, what in the world? I love it. More of that, please. You, you know what it is? It's, it's his length. And it's the fact that he, because he's an older guy, and I, I can understand people like your last caller saying, you know, let's let's look at moving Tim on, get some youth in, and all that. But man, you gotta you gotta know how to play defense. Dante is excellent at navigating screens, but he's got the length, Kurt. You know, he's he. The thing that I love so much about having Dimwitty is, as much as Brunson was a great player, he's just too small, and it affects a lot when you're trying to clamp things up, and when things start to grind down, especially in the playoffs. Mate, that extra two-inch reach on the arm is going to get you another possession. And when we signed Kyrie, fuck, I was stressed. And I was like, man, here we go again. You know, we've got the advantage with Luca being so tall, but now we're going to bring in like a 6'2", 6'3", guy in the backcourt. And it, it stressed me out, man. And I think that I don't know how you take Dante out of the starting lineup. I don't think you do. I don't you know do. how you do it. I don't think you do. I think it's going to be absolutely hilarious at some point when the Mavericks have Luka Doncic and Kyrie Irving, each guy's on max to like sub-max contracts, Derek Lively on a rookie deal, Derek Jones on a a, a minimum, and Dante Exum on a minimum. And then the Mavericks yeah. are the third seed in the West. <laughs> and Yeah, and look, um, you know, Derek Jones Jr. off the bench, I mean, his athleticism, his length as well, it, you know, him and Dante, to me, are interchangeable players. So, I love, I love the fact that we have the opportunity to have three strong ball handlers that aren't mm. going to dribble it off the foot like a Timmy, um, that we have the ability to put on the floor at any time. And don't get me wrong, Kirk, I've been on here before with the old Spotify, and I, and I kept on saying it. Tim is our third best player. If we didn't have him in the Clippers playoff run, we would have been trash. Mm-hmm. Um, he has the ability to shoot us into it. He also has the ability to shoot us out of it, but... Man, I'm just so happy with how this season's uh, starting to roll. Um, I can't see as I can't see as getting Dante out of that starting lineup when everyone's healthy. Um, I just wish that Grant Williams was four inches taller. That would make my day. I mean, I'm just happy that whatever like system reboot they did for Grant Williams worked out because he was looking like a dead fish on the court, and then. He just comes back and is like, "Oh, I, I, I had a nice, you know, I had a nice vacation. You know, went to the spa, and and he feel, he looked so much better. I was just delighted. He was stinking it up, man, big time, big time, stinking it up. And um, for a guy who talks that much shit, you you can't stink it up for two weeks back to back. So great to see him have an excellent game. Uh, the shooting tonight was insane. Um, and you know, a few guys said it, man. My two dogs absolutely shat themselves when Exum hit that corner three in the fourth because, man, I was just so happy. 
you know. Like, for him to continue to hit them, um, he'd already had a fantastic game before the, the fourth started. But, man, what a fourth quarter by Exum. Bloody Loved it. Awesome. awesome. Loved it. That's Thanks so much got, for Kurt. joining. Talk soon, no all right? Worries, See you, buddy. Okay, coming up next, we're going to fly through some of our some of our regular guests, and then maybe I'll go to bed. We'll see. Micah, I see you and the phone right up against your eyes like you're my dad on FaceTime. What's what's going I'm just <laughs> kidding. What's going on, dude? What's going on, Kurt? It's can fun. You hear me oh, yeah, I can hear you fine. The preview screen of you only shows you from here up. So it's like whenever <laughs> I talk to my dad on FaceTime, I often have to tell him, I'm like, Dad, pull the, pull the phone back. I, I don't want to see into your soul. So <laughs> what's but, going um, on? Anyways, man? man, that was a great game. Like if you're trying to preview an NBA game to a casual, like that's the game you want to see. Mm-hmm. Um, it was fun. Um, I'll have to start with this. Seriously. How many people on, our team do you think are in reward conversation what do you mean because okay well well, we can start with the obvious with Luca mvp combo okay i think and then i really don't see anyone that's even close to timmy as far as six men of the year Mm. right now Love it. I've not really given a lot of thought. So the nice part about the tournament, and I'll let you keep going because I know there's more than those two, but the nice part about the NBA turn, like the midseason tournament is I've given zero thoughts to any of this stuff so far. And, and now I think that the tournament's over and we're a quarter of the way through the season. I think it's now it's worth discussing as opposed to the first 10 games. Right. Like you got, you got a larger, like we're pretty much what a quarter of the way through the season. Yes. Yeah, so, like, you have a good enough sample size, and it's just, like, I don't see more than two rookies that are outperforming lively at this point. Um, And if we want to talk about what the real conversation for MIP should be, shouldn't be just somebody that's, like, averaging a few more points, you know, like, we're talking about a guy that was out of the league, and now he's having, tw- he's putting up twenty three six and seven like it's nothing. Like, I mean, isn't that more most improved? Uh, we're talking great... about the actual definition of what the reward would be. This is a great. This is a great series of takes because you're you come like. You couldn't get on a team. You're over in Europe for what the last two seasons that he's been there, and now you're a big part of the reason that a team is basically is in the three seat right now. Yep. So I just I think you got to have that conversation about that kind of guy. I I I love this. This is this is you're right. I think and I think you're right. The, the answer is there There are lots of conversations to be had on them. And um, I'm going to have to pick and choose which arguments I want to make when, because I don't want any one of them to get head, like to get, you know, sort of drowned out by, by another one, because it's, you know, it's not like all five of those guys or four of those guys can win actual awards, but that's, that's a fun thing. It's, it's fun. I'm just like seeing people there in the conversation. It's just, um, this is a fun team to watch. I've enjoyed watching them. I had, like, I came into this game thinking that, 
oh, this is scheduled loss. And, Me too. Um, it's like it's almost as much as Luca has this thing about the Clippers. I swear, Tim has that with the Lakers, because I swear for. I don't know why it feels like he cooks them every time he plays them. Yeah. Feels like it. Feels like it. Well, this is good stuff, my man. All right, Kirk. I'm about to get some sleep, brother. You do. You get some sleep. We'll talk. We'll talk next game. All right. Have a good one. You too. All right. Coming up next is my guy, Ruben, who's been patiently waiting. Longtime listener. Multi-time caller. We'll see if he, he he graces us with his face as opposed to his uh, avatar. What's up, Ruben? Hit that unmute button. Uh, not the face tonight. I was doing too many Jamison shots during this Laker game. You can kind of hear it in my voice right now. <laughs> yeah, you you sound like a, a man with Marlboro Reds. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> sorry, sorry. No, man. no, don't apologize. This is what sports is for. If you're not screaming at the television, then why are you watching? It's like the people who get get on me for oh, you live and die with the games too much. Like, what the fuck are you watching this for? It's Mavs versus Lakers, man. With so many transplants and like I have so many. Oh no, I'm a Lakers fan. Da-da. I'm like, bro, you live, you were born and raised in Dallas. Oh, it's because of Kobe and shit. Oh, come on. Like, look, I, 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 I appreciate and respect Kobe, but I love hating Kobe, like the sports ball player. I don't. The, same the fans of same. This here. is why it's it's the younger kids that that like I root for laundry, and I'm not going to judge how you fan. I just don't understand it because at the end of the day, a player retires, a team is still there, and so it's like you root for the players to come to your team. You can be fans of those guys that come and go, but if you're not really fans of a team, eventually your relationship with the sport degrades. I think. Because it's like you can wax and wane if, if that guy's not there. Anyways, I'm rambling. I want to um, hear I want to hear your thoughts. <laughs> that you pretty much said my thoughts about Lakers fans. Uh, but no, every time we beat the Lakers, just because I, you know, I'm 37. I've been a lifelong Mass fan, and every time we played it, like we, they didn't kick this kicked our ass for a lot of times. But you know, after a couple years, we're starting to even that. And I think they set a stat. Um, uh, the last what seven games or something? I think we've maybe it was it's five. Different. Okay, okay. I remember it, where you're going. It, it still feels like a lot because it feels like every game we play them comes down. And I think he said it comes down to like 13 points. He said I was watching a TNT broadcast, um, and he was like the past seven games or something. It's like uh, I think we're winning the the record, but every game is like it comes between total 13 points or something like that yeah it's crazy but uh i'll be quick um but um oh what a game uh and i just want to shout out uh sj um i i think she's a contributor to uh uh i she tweeted out oh exum just had a baby too i was like dang i forgot he got the uh he's a new baby daddy and she retweeted it and like a thousand people are uh, it got crazy. Like shout out SJ though, um, but I forgot that new. I think that new baby daddy energy is a thing. Him and Luca are like I wasn't expecting XM to be this good. Like I don't think anybody was. That pickup was so under the radar. Like okay, whatever. Da-da. 
this guy is giving us energy and and knocking down shots. I needed him to work on his free throws, but he's knocking down shots in some clutch moments. And that pass, oh my god, oh my god, I I can't say enough about Luca. It's it it's coming. It it's beginning to come like it. You, we would think like his rookie year, he was outstanding, and ever since his rookie year, he's first team NBA uh, All Star. But literally looking at him this year, he is still building his game. To I don't know where it's gonna go, but it's starting to look super easy. If he if he's not hurt or anything, it's starting to look like he. Oh, let me get my coffee in me. Let me stretch a little bit, and he can go off. If and you don't want to piss him off, and <laughs> the refs do that by accident or maybe literal. But uh, I'm sorry, I may be rambling. No, no. When Luca got hit in the mouth, it was the it was the White Goodman scene from Dodgeball where he goes to the door and he gets punched <laughs> and he's, nobody makes me bleed my own blood. <laughs> So that's what Luca was. He had the look like just the complete incredulity that someone would make him bleed. It was great, and, and then he then he did something about it, which was the and cool it's part. Like he 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 already knows when it, we have a lot of guys out, and that's I think that's I mean we beat the Lakers, but I think this is why this game this game was uh, like you said it was like a, a, a I forgot how you said it. it was like a big game. It was a monumental game. And we won a monumental game. That's the first like, one we've won this year. Because if you look at the standings, there's some games where we've lost. You go in against like the Nuggets, and you're like, okay, if they lose this game, it's they're playing the Nuggets. This is the first game where I looked at the schedule and I'm like, man, they're going to lose the Lakers, and they didn't. And and that's pretty awesome. Right, right, and and that's that's what I meant. And if I hats off to Nico for giving us this bench, um, and I think the. The guy before the last guy, maybe it was the last guy, uh, but he was saying give props to Jay Kidd because he's never had a third year. Um, nobody's ever seen Jay he Kidd. he has had a third year. It's just the third years have gotten progress. The Bucks' third year was dark, right? And then I think he actually got a fourth year with the Bucks and then got fired midway through the fourth year. Oh shit! Uh, yeah. Well, he just got that- progressively worse, so that's why the, the Mavericks <laughs> looking decent is really good for him. Yeah, and I feel like uh, I think I like said it in the comments. I feel like he's still he's learning this year. Like he's actively showing that he's learning because he's actively using all the pieces that his GM is giving him. He's not like it. I was pulling out my hair. Sorry, Dwight Powell, uh, but I was pulling out my hair. I'm like, you have. Maybe a couple bigs. We just don't even know what they can do in a live action game, and it took them a while. Um, I'm not saying that Holmes and Markeith Morris. Shout out Markeith Morris for hitting a couple threes. Well, a three tonight, but you don't know unless you don't know what they'll do unless they're seeing live bullets. But I, I take my hat off to Nico, just because I. I was a little skeptical about Lively, um, and maybe because all the Mavs podcasts I listened to, uh, including uh, yours and uh, Josh, um, but it was like, oh, we shouldn't take this guy this high, and da da da. 
But if you go on the NBA's uh, Instagram page right now, there are like three. Lively is almost becoming a household name. I don't know if the the media guy for the NBA went to Duke, but they are showing Lively so much love. Like they are Maverick fans. I don't think they're Maverick fans. I think he's leading the league in field goal percentage. Like you can only ignore Lively in the chat in the big man conversation for so long because while Ch- what Chet is Chet is is to me Wemby's in third place. I don't care how many points he scores. They're on like a 37 game losing streak. So what Lively is doing and contributing to winning and what Chet is doing and contributing to winning is much more interesting. I'm sure Lively will be the better player one day because he's a seven foot four freak. But I what Lively is doing right now is the kind of thing that we could it's it's more than anything I ever dreamed. And we're 23 games into his career or whatnot. And he's 19 years old doing this. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they, they posted a video where LeBron was talking to him, and they were like, game respects game. I That just made my heart grow bigger than the Grinches. Um, but uh, I'll try to be quick. I don't want to go on a tangent or anything. But the Lively, where we took him to get Omax, Omax was in this game. Um, and I just want to say, I think I – probably replied on Twitter uh, to the to the Hardy to your Hardy post or whatever and it, it's just like um, and I do agree with you I, I don't like when they're ch- trying to make him a point guard mm-hmm. I feel like he's like a baby THJ put him in a corner like space him out put him on the three point line let him shoot he's, he, he, his shot is beautiful but those last two possessions uh, when Lakers were going on that run he was a little on the pressure, like, oh, my God, I got to l- let me go in here and get a midi or what he feels like is an easy shot. And I'm looking at him. I'm like, bro, your easy shot is from the three-point line. You should have did a step back a couple times. I would have accepted that, not going where traffic is at and doing a midi and getting blocked. But uh, I said that to say this. We have been wanting the Mavericks to use their draft picks, right? Yep. You I like hear you all the time. We don't have they poo poo the draft every year. When when we finally start using our draft picks, we get a, a Josh Green. We finally get a Hardy. We get a Lively. We get a Omex. And I kind of uh, like the last guy said. Um, I don't want to trade those pieces off because they're young as hell. Like they have shown. They have shown some incredible feats since being Mavs. Shit. Uh, Jaden Hardy almost had a – maybe he did have a 30-point game against the – like, he is showing great improvement. And I don't want to trade that away for a uh, – like a 30 – 35-year-old piece sure. that will retire tomorrow. I – if you if, – if you stand by, hey – I want the Mavs to use their draft picks. Don't trade away good players that they use the picks on after two years. That it's kind of like it's it's stupid. It's like what what do you, what do you want them to use their draft picks for? Don't I would rather at this point and I I'm on the stand where I love this team's chemistry. If we I want a vet big. If we can trade Powell and our second rounders, I'm all for it. But I, I'm I'm a little against trading Hardy, Josh. Like 
young pieces to get to get what? And nobody can answer that. To get what? A piece you. that like we hope that'll fit. That's why I don't want I don't want any trades. Like I really don't. Like if if unless you're moving for a big man, which I just don't I think the big man market for functional bigs is going to get snatched up by people with better assets. I just I think we I think we're stuck. And so at that point don't move anybody. Hold your horses and see how far you can get. Because it's like I don't want to run in anybody's parade. I don't think this is a championship team. Not that's not a criticism. It's just the NBA is hard. So like, like let's get to the playoffs, see what we can do, and then build something new next year. Right, right. And and when you said a big man, what like what big man for other better assets though? Like literally, I I, I really can't think of one. Capella, like. I, I don't want to give up big assets for Capella. Um, uh, the Timberwolves are not getting up. Rudy, I'm 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 running out of big man. Vooch, they yeah. might like we may can get Vooch, but I that don't. That dude makes so like, much money. He he, yeah, I, yeah, it's I, not real, you know. I, yeah, I don't even want that. I yeah. I would want. So I'll, I'll get off with this. I would want a uh, vet big for at, at top tier vet big, but. For only two second rounders. If it's beyond that, I'm I'm hey, I'm good. Let's okay, let's go to the next team. There are big men that don't make that much money. And Nico has shown a tendency to be able to find uh uh reclamation. Ex- oh, let's say I have to give Exum man, he's he's playing like uh he did with the jazz uh before all his injuries. And and the last guy said uh, the MIP. Uh, he if he keeps at this rate, he deserves it. But I don't I don't know if the NBA gives the uh, MIP to somebody that wasn't in the league and now is in the league. That would be my question. If yeah. I went if I went overseas and but hey, I love where the Mavs are at. Um, don't piss Luca off. Uh, shout out to Nico and Nico, we trust. Um, but yeah, let's let's try to keep our young pieces. Hardy doesn't see that much playing time, uh, and that's probably why he, you know, has lapses. But he is a baby, uh, THJ. Um, and last thing, I, like I'm THJ. I know is. What do you feel like? Do you think it's gonna fall through? Like. THJ is on a high right now. Like he is balling, but do you think we should trade him while he's balling or nope. keep him? Yeah, I'm. I, I think I'm on the same boat. But right. uh, thank you, Kurt. Uh, hey, uh, thank you. Uh, you're the man, dude. Have a nice night. I, and uh, I saw uh, your wife and baby have a little cameo. Shouts out to them. And let your dogs bark. We all have dogs. Hey, you don't got to mute it. Look, no, it's awful. Like the dog barking is a riot. The baby crying is y'all are just, you know, I love that part. Cause I think it's funny. Oh, um, all right. You be good. We'll talk <laughs> soon. Okay. We're going to go Krishna and then Brian and Chris, uh, these guys have been waiting for a long time. So we're going to, we're going to, well, is Krishna even there? I can't tell. Cause his, his thing's going away. All right. We're going to Brian first and then maybe Krishna will come back. What's up, Brian? Hit the unmute button. Just, just about to do that. Hey man, how's it going? How's your night? Pretty good. Pretty fun. Um, this is a, uh, this is a kind of kind of throwback to twenty one twenty two playoff run. Um, yeah, it's like goodbye after the season. Yeah. Oh, yeah, 
Yeah, that whole run where it's like night after night, it's another fun thing. Like, you know, I part of it is my own personal life and stuff, but I, I don't really feel like I've hit much of a stride with this show, um, which is fine. Like, I do this for fun, but, you know, you want to build. And, like, got some good advice earlier tonight from the commenters uh, on what, what it can do differently. Mavs won. Uh, there's good things to talk about that are different. Uh, so I'm just, I'm, I'm kind of having a great time with this overall. I mean, I'm sure I'll be pissed as hell on Thursday if Rudy Gobert makes me mad at, you know, the world because he does something extremely French and makes me, you know, angry. So what, what are you going to do? Yeah, they've got the, you know, likely defensive player of the year. And this is one of the few years that Rudy may win it where I'm like, no, nah, he absolutely deserves it. That dude is kicking ass this year. So if he comes in here and he and Carl and they – they have Jaden McDaniels back now. If they just make things tough for us uh, yeah. Thursday, I'll understand it. I, it's like you said. It's a matter of, you know, you can be angry as a fan game to game, but keep the big picture in place. We'd still be, what, 15-9 and nine, and yes. either third or fourth place in the West, so still in good standing, right? That's why you stack wins like, dude, getting two wins on a back-to-back in the second game being the Lakers? Like, I couldn't have imagined that last season. Um. I don't, I don't care about Jaden like having an off game because honestly, all I needed to see from Jaden was what he did in the Grizzlies game because he had been off all season long up to this point. And at a certain point, I was just like, I was throwing him in trade packages left and right. I was like, dude, I just need you to show me a flash. Show me that dude from last year is still there. And then we can still make something work. Cause it wasn't that, you know, I thought that his ceiling wasn't something suddenly, you know, worth waiting on or that. I just thought he was a trash player. It's just like, dude, we hadn't seen – your thing is hitting shots. We haven't seen you hit shots in a while. We need you to get hot. We need you to be confident. We need you to show that you can contribute in some way if your shot isn't falling. And he gave us all that in the Memphis game. And the shot wasn't there today, and there were some pretty bad minutes. But you know what? We got what we needed from him. If his development takes on an arc kind of like – a Jordan Clarkson type, a more recently Kobe White. Dude, have you seen what Kobe White has been doing this season? Unbelievable. It's like, this is why anybody that really wants to give up anything for Zach Levine, <clears throat> like there's, there's, I, God, I had one, I, I probably muted him on Twitter, but I had one guy being like, Kirk, we know you don't watch any actual basketball. That's why you can't talk about these other players. And it's like, look, do I watch as much as I used to? No, but I can tell you what's happening right now. And like Levine he, he's sitting down because they're, they're going to try to move him to the Lakers. Like that's what's going to happen. And then Kobe white is like, Oh, well I'm going to remind people that I got drafted and I'm in the NBA for a reason. And it's really spectacular. It took Kobe white three years until last year to even look like an NBA player. And this season last 10 games, I think I was tweeting about this this morning. He is something like 23, five and five on 50, 53, 89 shooting. Like, he's been amazing. And, like, if that's kind of the arc that Jaden Hardy's career is going to take, where it's going to take him some time, because there are some moments where it just looks like he doesn't belong on the basketball court with some of these guys. Yeah. But when he's on and when he's rolling and when he's confident, he's making good decisions and being quick about what he's going to do with the ball. Like, he looks like one of the best players on the floor. And so if if, it's that, if that's what it's going to be, like, we're talking year three, year four, really seeing the pop from him. I'm really tired. Who's the who's yeah. the the white guy Utah has that was on the Bulls and that I honestly didn't want? Um, Utah, yeah. Uh, I'm finish finish basketball player. Oh, Lori, Lori, yeah, Lori yeah. Markkinen kind of had a similar path where it's like 
now who doesn't look like he's an NBA player. Well, I mean, NBA player, but like he's a catch and shoot guy. And then all of a sudden it's like, Oh, Oh, this is a guy who you can build around who you can do things with. And the progress is just not linear in the NBA. And I, no. I think that's a really important reminder. I think you're right about that. Um, <laughs> where it gets difficult for us as Mavs fans is the notion of where are you in your team building cycle? Certain guys, you need to be good. That's what makes this lively thing. So fucking ridiculous is we needed him to be good. And not only is he good, he's spectacular. So it like all of a sudden shifts that timetable where I started the year with, I want them to be a play-in team. I've moved my adjustments to, I want them to avoid the play-in to when they beat the Lakers and I'm high on my own supply. I want them to be a top four home. You know, I want them to be a home court team. It's great. I mean, I, I, what, like, why not? Why not? Let, let's have some expectations. Let's have some fun. Grant is back. And yeah, they just hit the, the restart button on Grant because his shot is just suddenly falling. He looks a bit sprier, like he was still, you know, uh, kind of hobbling around a little bit. He could definitely still feel it in the knee, but he looked good tonight. Man, we have gotten great contributions from pretty much everybody that Nico has added this offseason in at least one game. I think I was reading about that the other night. And, like, dude, don't even get me started on Dante and Derek. Like, I, I think Derek Jones Jr., I think he was out this game. But he's he, he's good for life in my book as a Maverick. He, he can play on my team whenever he wants to, however long he wants to. Dante Exum is a dude that I was excited about when I saw – when I immediately saw the signing – I wasn't sure what to think because I was like, dude, I haven't heard Dante Exum's name in like two years. He was with the Cavs. And I looked up his numbers in Europe and I saw how well he was shooting. And I went and I watched some clips of some games and I watched how well he was playing. And I watched him play for the Australian uh, uh, national team, like uh, Mr. Green was saying earlier. And I was like, nah, this dude has a battery back in his back. Like he, the knee injuries took a little bit off the speed, but that first step is still ungodly if he catches you off balance. And he can get to the rim almost whenever he wants. And being able to do what he does and play off an already heavily bent defense on the other side of like Luca or Kyrie, it's just it is giving him a lot of life, and it's really energized him. And he's giving it back to us in a way that I genuinely appreciate. And the fact that Nico locked him up for a second year, super dirt deep, is where I'm just like, look, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm ready to hand Dante a blank check. Just be like, look, whatever you want, we can go ahead and extend this for another three years, brother. You can stay. That's right. That's right, man. Hey, well, thank you so much for joining tonight and staying up late. Of course, dude. Thanks for having me. I guess it's not that late. No, not really. It, it, it doesn't feel like it to me. It's eleven o'clock. Then again, I also did just finish. Like, I missed the second, like the fourth quarter of the game because I had to install a new dryer vent hose, mm. and that was the first time I'd ever done that. It's horrible. So I was, I'm glad you didn't yeah. cut yourself because, like, I sliced a finger open dealing with the with the oh, big with the metal vendor? tube. Mm-hmm. Oh, dude, no, no. I, I got lucky and I had a little bit of help, but I was just worried. I'm like, man, I hope the dryer doesn't catch on fire. Before, and so far before, it before you go, did you finish Blue Eye Samurai? Oh, yeah, brother. I finished that as soon did as Did you it came see out. season two got approved? I did, and I was I, like, it better have. I got to watch the finale tonight. I'm going to do that tonight. And then I'm going to listen to uh, the Ringer has that podcast on the Ringerverse called The Midnight Boys. Do you listen to that? I haven't, but I hear about them all. It the is time. my favorite. It is my favorite podcast. It is hosted by Van Lathan, who is okay. just absolutely hilarious. Yeah, I love that. Uh, jo- Jomi Adeneron 
and then uh this guy charles who does all their music stuff so it's um it's it's three black guys and their white producer who they cook like with fish grease at least every episode they they will just make him so uncomfortable by like <laughs> implying that he's being racist it's the funniest podcast i listen to like i there's active and passive listening and mm-hmm. ringer verse with these these four guys is it's one of the funniest shows i've ever listened to and so for stuff like like blue eye samurai because they're all nerds like they just eat this sh- stuff like this up and i know like half the is like what are you talking about kirk it's a show on netflix i don't watch a lot of anime because i'm a old guy and i just don't really get it but this show Mm -hmm. is so unbelievably beautiful and in the voice casting it's like oh my god and so anyways i that's what i'm gonna do tonight when i'm off i'm 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 really excited yeah i'm glad the ring has a show like that back because when they lost bench mode with yes that's what replaced so it's 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 all those it's they they've they filled the gap it's a ring reverse podcast feed it's absolutely amazing and it's uh, they do all sorts of different stuff, but mostly hate on things, which is just, it's it's great content. So, Heck all yeah. right, man. I'm thanks for hanging out. out. All right, brother. Thanks for having me again. All right. Coming up next and finally is Krishna, who likes to round out our shows at the end of the night. What's going on, Krishna? Kirk, how are you? I'm good. What are you, what are you thinking tonight? Uh, yeah. Um, so I watched like the first quarter up to when we were up 13 to 8. And I had yep. to do something. Came back. I saw the halftime score. I said, I'm a little shocked, 71 and 61. Like, it's weird thinking about how high these scores are. And, like, because I started watching basketball kind of late compared to most people. I started watching 13, 14. But okay. even then, you think about what a halftime score would have been. It would have been like, oh, man, you get to 60 points. Man, that's a lead. And now it's like 60 points. Like, who cares? <laughs> it's kind of insane. I'm not complaining about it. I just find it very funny. Yeah. But, you know, I – I think you talked about it last night on the pod and I think everyone's kind of sentiment was that this seemed like a loss, just a scheduled loss in the sense of the team was so depleted. And then, you know, I, I obviously missed it, but then I, I came back and I saw Seth apparently like seemed like he hurt his ankle. Like, yeah. And I think it was almost precautionary. I think so. I think it's the same with uh, D double J. Like I think um, it, it's probably a precautionary thing too. Cause you were talking about it on the pod last night. It happened to me once. I was a freshman, and I was playing with a bunch of 18-year-olds, like seniors. And then one dude just kneed me straight in the thigh. And, oh, boy, I could not walk for, like, a good two, three days. And it was it was horrible. It was People like, that have never had this happen, because, I like, this oh, became a whole thing in the Mavs Moneyball Slack today. They're like, Kirk, what are you talking about? And I'm just oh, like... It's- it it's it's really bad like okay because obviously they're athletes right so you think oh like it shouldn't hurt but like when a guy who is much bigger than you does it 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 hurts so much because you're just not for one you're not expecting it and two you think oh i can walk it off right like you get contact and you you get a bump but it's something you can't walk off you just feel pain for like a few minutes and you try walking it off and you just feel worse it's 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 nuts but um I, so I was I was kind of you know precautious right I was like okay I, I still want to see the team give effort but I'm not expecting a victory and I, I mean I I feel like the same sentiment I had after the OKC game is there is that even though we lost that game the thing I took away was the effort and you played three bad teams but the thing that was consistent is effort and I feel like that is you've talked about it so much everyone's talked about it, I feel like is that's the thing you control is the effort you give in a game. And the fact that it's translated through these games through obviously various levels of teams, right? Like three teams that are not very good and two teams that are pretty good, right? One is a legitimate two are both kind of legitimate contenders or want to contend. 
And I think the fact that is, even if you're this depleted, you, you're seeing guys give effort is just, it's just a great sign. It's something that you hope, I hope continues as guys get healthier. And I think, I think it will, right? I think it comes from Luca and the fact that Luca is giving this effort. You, you just hope that, you know, he doesn't tire out soon. But I also think it just kind of happens. Like every team has a stretch where there's just a ton of injuries. And the fact that you're seeing the team kind of respond positively is something I'm not sure I would have expected at all, uh, especially last season. Last season, it felt like one or two injuries and this team was definitely out. Which, of course, like that's how the teams were built. And so it's, you know, this is, I, I think at the start of the year, we had a lot of conversations about is there, are there too many guys? Is there, is there enough minutes to go around in, a, in, in, you know, theory? No, but with how long a season is and how many injuries that happen, it's really something. I mean, yeah. And, and like you said, so many of them are so random. Like I, look the Dwight Powell thing. Like I, I think I said it while well, I didn't talk about it that night, but it, it was obviously just a bad decision making by Dwight, but it was a freak accident, right? That's what it was. It was a freak accident. You're not expecting that. Now, Kyrie already was, it seemed like he was been de- dealing with foot stuff. So that doesn't help. Then you have Josh with this elbow thing. That seems habitual. Then you had Grant with his knee. That seemed like it might've been a problem for like these, just th- these things just come out of nowhere, right? Like it's, it's one thing if everyone's getting the same type of injury, but guys are getting a few different injuries and it just happens. And so you know, I think this is why I was a little bit more positive on the way the roster was built this season was it felt like, okay, I'd rather have too many people. Sure. Like, hey, we have way too many people to play than go back to last season, even 22 at times, where you just go, I have no idea who we are going to play off the bench. Like, you look at the Suns right now, it's why I was never super high on the Suns because I feel like every all the depth pieces the Suns have, they're very good if they're your 11th to 15th man roster pieces. I think that's right. Asking them to be your fourth to 15th all the way there, it's it's too much. And it's not – it's it's the whole thing I talked about last season, the season before. You're asking guys to play roles and give you more production than I think is, is – it's unnecessary to. And I, I feel like now guys are asking – you're asking them to do more, but I don't think you're going to – you're not asking them to do this for – like two, three months. You're asking them to do this in a few game stretches or here and there. And I think that's what makes me more positive about it is you're seeing guys step up in the moments that they have to. Obviously tonight, THJ, like crazy, crazy game for me. Like it's it's obviously I get all the frustrations and I remember in the offseason you talk about, oh, you want to get him or Buddy healed. But you know, we we like to think adding players is like adding it's like it's like on 2K where you just put the player in, the chemistry is fixed, and like it's just a puzzle piece. But the reality is players have to be comfortable in a situation playing with other people, and it doesn't work like that. And something that we underrate, I think, oftentimes is the inbuilt chemistry players have just from being here for a long, long time. Yep. And you see that with Tim. Like, do I get frustrated sometimes when he does really crazy stuff? Of course, everyone does. I'm not saying that, but you, you see his value a lot more in games like this when you need him to. And obviously for Dante, this is awesome, right? Dante is kind of like the, I think it was Jay Eskies. I don't know if you retweeted or someone did where uh, you wish there was a comeback player of the year award because that that's exemplary of it, right? I mean, fifth, the number five overall pick, there was a reason for that. He clearly has talent and sometimes it just doesn't work out, but credit to him and honestly credit to Nico or D- Dennis Ellis. Um, That's right. Dennis Lindsay. Dennis Lindsay. Yes. To, to whoever it was to bring him in and give him a chance, like uh, a decent contract, two years. Like 
uh, people look at it and say, oh, like that's a weird swing. But you know what? You take a swing. Who cares? At that point in the roster, take swings on people. Like you just need to give talent a chance. And he clearly has talent. He clearly works hard. And you know what? Give him credit. Um, yeah, just a really, really great game. You know, I, it, you know, people will say like, oh, the shooting variance. But I, I also feel like the past three games, the Mavs just haven't been shooting well from three which was yep. such a weird thing to think about, but it happens. And, you know, there was a stat they pointed out. I think the Mavs, like, role players, I think shoot, like, 32% on three, which is, like, two or three percentage points better than most other teams. Um, and and so, obviously, it's going to vary, right? The three-point shot is not really consistent. But, yeah, just really, really, really great stuff from the team. I'm excited. I was happy. Um, and, you know, everyone's going to talk about the same things. I think Hardy – it, it's it's my opinion, right? And you've talked about it, just that uh, the development cycle for players is so, so different. It's so, so different. And I, I agree with you. I don't want, I never felt like Hardy was ever going to be the superstar. I don't think anyone was expecting that. And I never felt like he was ever going to fill the THJ role. But I think that giving him the minutes and the opportunity to do so in the right spaces is more important. The same thing with Omax and all these other players. I think we look at Lively and he's such a, he's such an outlier in everything. Like they put up a, a board of like what he, where he ranks in all the rookies. And he's like first in field goal percentage and third in rebounds and then third in this. And then right. third in, it's like, that's like an outlier. And then you consider who the other two rookies are. One of them is playing on a horrific team in the Spurs. Another one is playing on a absolutely ridiculously talent loaded roster in OKC. So the fact that he's doing this stuff, it's it's an outlier. And so it's why I personally, I feel like the patience that the team is having currently, it seems like it's having, like, we don't know. Obviously, the team could make a trade. I feel like is a bit smarter um, in just terms of, I don't think that a trade is necessarily a bad thing, but you've talked about it and so many people have. The trade that we necessarily want isn't the trade that might be the fix, right? Like, I don't, I, I can't remember the sentiment around the Aaron Gordon trade, but I don't know how many players or how many people would have looked at that trade at the time and said, oh, this is, this is a guy who's going to, you know, help turn this team into a championship team. And, you know, I think it was two, three years ago. Like, you, you, you don't, you just don't know what the future prospects of a team are. And, you know, I feel like I've mentioned this before. It feels like now this is, roster building that should have happened in Lucas second season, which is frustrating that's happening now, but it's better that it's happening now rather than never, which I think is a positive, but ultimately it is what it is. It's a positive win. Hopefully, you know, the guys get rested and who do we play? We play, we play Minnesota on Thursday, right? Oh, that's going to be brutal. Yep. It's going to be absolutely brutal. Well, let's get some rest. We'll talk soon. All right, man. Yeah. Take care, Kirk. All right. We got one more call caller. This isn't this isn't my old thing. I don't know. I, I'm never gonna never gonna break like referring to things on like the green room element. We have Harold who joined late. Harold, what's up, man? Welcome to the show. Can you hear me? I can. Thanks for joining. What's going on tonight? What are you thinking? Uh, something that someone said earlier just kind of like struck me, and I just felt compelled to to call in. It was um, it was about uh, Jaden Hardy, and they said uh, something like. You know, he's been doing so bad. He's been doing so terrible. I was ready to put him in all these trade packages and, and he had this good game and, oh, that's all we needed to see. You know, that's all we needed to see. And, I'm, and all I kept thinking of myself was, dude, you know, that's what a lot of people are holding on to. It's like, oh, we see Jaden Hardy having this great game. Oh, man, he's going to be great. 
Look, something special. And I'm like, all right. I, right. So I'm, I'm thinking like, you know, dude, we every single Jaden Hardy game, we see the same things, right? Which is like the the bad decisions, even in the games that he shoots well, which is that one game, um, I guess it was the Grizzlies. But, you know, he, he still will attack the basket and there will be like two defenders in front of him. And he just keeps going like this train and he gets blocked. And it just it happens too often for a team that's trying to uh, be competitive for a championship. And that's where we are right now. Yeah. So, um, you know, just my opinion is he's the kind of guy I think his ceiling really is Tim Hardaway Jr. with possibly better defense. And he's not going to be a superstar, but there's a lot of teams out there, just like a lot of fans, because there's 30, 31 other teams who hold out hope of like, hey, we can do something with this guy, you know? So I'm telling you that I really think that he should be traded. And the reason is because, and that's another topic, I really think we're a player away. And do you think that we're one player away from competing for a championship. No, I think we're two. I think we're a backup big, and I think we're a real defensive wing. Um, I think you might be able to work out one of those, but I've also kind of preached throughout most of this podcast, I don't want to mess with what they have because I think what they have is sort of a special sauce right now, um, and that could change. The season's really long. They they need to get to, what is it, like February 5th or so? You know, there's, uh, December is when um, trade talk starts to kind of heat up. It wouldn't shock me if they moved off anyone, but also it's like they're winning while playing through development. Um, you know, the, 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 I had a guy, he, de- he deleted the tweet, uh, but it's still in my timeline. It's uh, this guy, Ryan, who said, you know, you're being a little harsh on Hardy. He's a second round pick with 900 minutes in his career. Have a little perspective. That's true. But when you're on the timeline with a guy like Luca, all of your, your timeline is shortened and your path for your margin for success is narrow. So if it got, you know, there, there's a little bit of an element of shit or get off the pot. Like if you're not helping, then we have to figure out what to do with you. The thing about Hardy is I think he has helped enough. He showed flashes. I just want them to stop putting him in a position where he looks like an idiot. Like, like stop giving him the opportunity to play make from the top of the key. Like, and then he ends up taking an elbow jumper. It drives me crazy. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I really think that we're one player away and, and here's why, um, you know, when we almost won and I guess, what was it? Uh, we went to the conference finals. Was that 2022? Um, you remember the formula. You've talked about the formula a lot with having Dorian Finney-Smith and um, Bullock, who, you know, those two defenders made Dwight Powell look good. Well, now Dwight Powell is um, Derek Lively, okay, who's, who's better, all right? And he's going to get better. I think by the end of the year, unless he hits the rookie wall, Derek Lively will know more and, and play better. Mm-hmm. Um, and if – if uh, we got Derek Jones Jr., who I think he's comparable to um, Dorian Finney-Smith or Reggie Bullock, one of them. And if we get another really good defender, I think if you have like Mikhail Bridges over there, um, somebody like that or Anunoby, um, who's better than either uh, Dorian Finney-Smith or Reggie Bullock were, I think we'll have a better team than we had then. And with the West right now, not you know, being all that great. And we're currently third, not saying we can maintain that, but I think we'll, we'll still be competing somewhere between third and fifth at this point. Um, but with a player like that, I think we can definitely be like one first or second um, and compete for a championship. So 
you know, it's, it's not for sure. It isn't like, it's not one of those things where we'll be like, Oh, we're going all the way, baby. That's it. But I think we'll definitely be contending. We have a superstar player like Luca and I really think it's time to, to go for it. Um, and as far as the backup center, I think a backup center is easier to get the, the great wing that we really are trying to get um, is going to be the difficult one and the one that's going to potentially hurt. And a lot of Mav fans, I think, need to be prepared to lose some people that they've become attached to, like Hardy and and Green and, and a couple of draft picks, possibly. But um, I just think it's time to go for it. Love it. Love the heat. Thanks so much, Harold. Talk to you soon. All right, brother. Take care. All right. Great show. Longest show we've had in a while. A lot of fun. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Make them all join. Um, Love you guys. Everybody be good. We'll be back. Actually, I won't be back on Thursday. Josh will be doing everything. Uh, I should be back by the second half of the weekend. I can't even remember when the Mavs play. I, just, I feel like the Mavs play every other day for the next like two months, which is probably the case. Everybody be good. Enjoy the rest of your week and go Mavs. What a great win to push us through. Bye, guys. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.